Jesus sees this man. He doesn't walk down the street, take a glance and carry on. He notices him. He really sees him. I wonder, you know, in our busy lives, it can be so difficult to really see others. You know, we listen to, often if we're trying to listen to what people are saying, what we're really doing is waiting to say what we want to say next. You know, we notice people when we walk down the street, maybe someone um, without a home or who needs food. You know, we encounter people who might tell us they aren't well, but often we don't really hear or see what they're doing. But Jesus models an altogether different way. You know, I love the story he tells um, of the Good Samaritan, which you can read in Luke. You might be familiar with it. A man is robbed, he's beaten, and he's left on the side of the road. And two people you think might help him walk past. Firstly, a priest, and then a Levite. And perhaps they notice this man, but they don't see this man. And they carry on as if they haven't really seen him at all. But then a Samaritan, you know, this is one of Israel's biggest enemies. He sees this man on the other side of the road. And if we pick up the story in Luke 10, 33 and 34, it says this, But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. If we put this in kind of modern terms, it's like an Arsenal fan finding a Tottenham fan lying on the side of the road, seeing him and helping him. But perhaps it's like a, a Remainer finding Jacob Rees-Mogg or Boris Johnson lying on the side of the road and taking pity on him. And I promise that's my only mention of politics today. You know, the challenge from Jesus is to lift our heads up and see what's going on in other people's lives to notice when people are in pain and to notice when people are suffering, to really listen to people. I think that's one of the biggest gifts that we can give people is to actually listen to each other when they are talking to us. And to take the opportunity to pray for him, not just here on a Sunday, but in our workplaces, in the streets like they did. Jesus continued this theme in Matthew 25. And in verse 44 and 45, you might verses familiar. Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. You know, I wonder if we allow ourselves to stop for long enough to notice the hungry, the thirsty, those who are sick. You know, there are people we encounter every day who need to know that there is a God who loves them and who needed healing. As Christ's representatives here on earth, we have the privilege and the responsibility to reach out to them. Yes, here on a Sunday, but more significantly in our streets and in our workplaces, wherever we find ourselves during the week. I want to encourage us, let's pray for eyes to see the pain in those around us. You know, sometimes it's clearly visible. Other times we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to see what is really going on. And then be ready to act as Jesus did, to talk, to pray, to command pain to go. Jesus saw and he acted. The second 
thing I notice in this passage is the length of the length of time a man has been suffering. You see, Jesus doesn't work in our time, but he works in God's time. He's out of time. I won't go into that this morning. In verse 5, when Jesus sees the man, he talks to him and he discovers that he's been suffering for an awful long time. In fact, he's been suffering for 38 years, which is my entire lifetime. Why did he heal him then? Why didn't he heal him 38 years ago? Why let him go through all of that pain? You know, ultimately, we don't know. In the case of this man, if he hadn't encountered, um, experienced 38 years of suffering, perhaps he'd have never experienced and had that encounter with Jesus. And you know, often he longs to take the opportunity to show us or remind us that he is there and that he loves us so much, even sometimes through the pain and the suffering. But you know, sometimes, and I'm sure we've all experienced this, we pray and nothing seems to happen. And it is one of the hardest things to understand and make sense of. It's one of the greatest mysteries and one of the biggest things that we grapple with. You know, working out why a God of love wouldn't intervene. And the reality is, we may never know until we reach eternity. And yet, one of the things I found incredibly helpful is this lens of God's kingdom, the now and the not yet of God's kingdom. I'll explain that a little bit more in this week's video. But when Jesus came to earth, he proclaimed that the kingdom of heaven had come near. Jesus healing the sick, we see him raising the dead to life, and we see him transforming lives. He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is here, right here, right now, in front of your very eyes. What the people of Israel had hoped and longed for all these years was revealed through Jesus. And from that day on, the kingdom of God started to break through and break in, and we still get to see and experience that today. We get to see glimpses of what is yet to come. But the reality is that not all of our prayers get answered. Not everyone gets healed. So we live in this kind of tension. The kingdom of God is at hand. It isn't near. Jesus came and announced and demonstrated this. So we should expect to see the miraculous. We should expect to see people healed. And yet, the kingdom of God is not yet come. We don't always see everyone we pray for that is. And that is the mystery of the kingdom. But you know, in Jesus, we get to experience a little of the life of the coming age. Because our ultimate future has become present with Jesus. We know that Jesus defeated all death and all pain and all sin when he died on the cross. But that final victory is yet to come. You know, our heart to take some control over this. We want things to make sense to us. We want to see some order to make sense of what's going on. But you know, we only ever see in part. God's timing means that we are not in control. Sorry, everyone. And I think many of us find that extremely hard. But I, I want to counter that. I think it should also fill us with hope to keep on praying for our unsaved spouse or child, to keep on praying for healing, even when we've been praying for years and years and years, and seemingly we don't get any kind of answer. You know, this guy had been coming to the pool for 38 years, and only after 38 years did he experience God's healing. 
just because yesterday wasn't that day, it doesn't mean today is not the day our prayers will be answered. This story, I think, fills us with hope to keep on keeping on, because Jesus works in God's time. The third thing I see in this passage is that Jesus wants to heal the whole person. In verse 6, Jesus asks this, he says, do you want to get well?
and yet right here in the desert at the same time, some I'm sin is going to persist in us. Jesus wants us to be completely well, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And so sometimes we need to confess those things that we've done wrong. We need to speak out those things. There's such value, there's such power when we speak those things out. And then we need to turn away from them. To ask and to follow through on our words. You know, he longs for us to be free from any chains that hinder, as we were singing this morning, any burdens that bring us down. Jesus wants to anoint his healing, our whole person. And he wants us all to be a part of it. Because every one of us is blamed. In the Gospels, we read that Jesus sent out the 12 disciples to heal the sick and to tell the people that the kingdom of God was near. Later, he sends out the 72 with that very same command. And shortly before he goes back up to heaven, he gave his disciples what we often refer to as the Great Commission. You can find it in Matthew 28. To go into the world to make disciples, to baptize people, and to teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. In other words, we are called to heal the sick and to and to demonstrate that God's kingdom is near, that God's kingdom is at hand. You know, healing is not just for people who have a special gift. You might think, you know, on a Sunday morning, it might just be special people with special gifts. I can assure are they lovely people, but they're not special in that way. We can all get to do this. This is for all of us. It's not just for those with that special gift, it's for all who believe. It is God who, is, who heals, but he involves you and I, each of us, in that. He involves us in the healing and restoration of others. Isn't that an incredible thing? We get to be part of bringing his kingdom here on earth. And you know, I could talk about that all morning, but this isn't just something we want to talk about. It's something that we get to be a part of, and we want to be a part of it. And so very simply, I'm going to invite a couple of people up to join me on stage now. Um, and um, I said, Adarine is actually going to come and talk us through how we get to pray for the sick. So, and so I think we've got Matt and we've got Bob here. So Matt is, um, have you got anything going on right now, Matt, that you need to pray for? Come up with prayers. 
the question. I'm also using the eyes and ears of the Holy Spirit. So what, yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask, is it okay for me to lay hands on that? If on a scale of sort of one to ten, where what's the pain? What's the pain like now? Well, it's much easier. So we do. We, as I said, we don't have anything, but God has everything. This is not about intercession. We are taking the authority that God has given us. We're not going, Dad, will you do this? Dad's saying, you do it in my name, in my in my power. So. We're going to tell the body what it needs to do. Because we have that authority in the name of Jesus. And of course, we're going to offer pray for this prayer. It's very easy to close our eyes, because that's how we've been taught. You know, hands together, eyes closed. This is hands on, eyes open. Good. So ask, pray, ask. And we can do this as many times as you feel that's appropriate. But it's all about that. It's not about us. It's about the person we're praying for. So this person needs to feel protected. They need to be able to give them dignity. And if Matt at any time says, I've had enough, that's also good too. We never go, oh, no, no, no. It's not about it. It's their, it's their agenda. This person must feel absolutely safe.
So we will continue to pray. But I, what I would do at this age, if, if we're getting some information here, and there seems to be some spiritual information here, so I would then sort of press into that kind of lowering, what's, what's, kind, of, what's, going, what's kind of going on there? Because I think, I think there's more than something just physical going on uh, right now. You know, sometimes you know, we're, all, we're, we're mind, we're body, we're, we're spirit. So I think there's something else going on there that we will, we'll, we'll, we'll pray into. But at any point, we can stop it. Healing this morning. So come forward. There may be other things in your body, um, in your mind. Your mind. 